See, people are friendly. The Bible says for you to have friends, show yourself friendly. I think Christians should have the best social life of everybody on the planet. I think we should all be about one another. Amen? Amen. If you'd find your seat, we'll just go on. We have a couple announcements this morning. I'll make some of the more generic ones so you don't miss the really important ones. Hallelujah. Oh, the children. Matter of fact, that, that's not generic at all. Tell you what, let's just, before the children leave, let's reach our hands back to the back. We're going to, see what we're doing right now, church, is we're all joining our faith together. It's just not one or two people that care for the children, it's all of us. And the Bible says to join your faith together. And so we are of like mind right now when we pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, we pray for our children, your children. Father, I pray right now that you'll show them some way, somehow, as only you can do it, how much you love them. May they learn about you and their, your love for them this morning. Father, I pray that if there's any sickness, that they'll recover. Father, not just in healing, but I, I pray right now for each and every one of these, a supernatural gift of health, that they don't get sick, that we ward off the enemy before he attacks. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for wisdom to come upon our children and your gifts to be made manifest in our leaders. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We love you, children. All right. Uh, again, we have Wednesday night here at the church. Uh, we, we start about an hour early with prayer and intercession. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. That sounds all religious when you say prayer and intercession. That's what we do, but don't think it's normal. Uh, what we do, we shut the lights off. We have, uh, I, I call it intercessory music being played. And uh, you can come in and uh, pray. We, we don't really get together and pray for specific things together. We pray for sp specific things individually. And uh, I just want to encourage you because it's a great thing to add prayer to your life on a regular basis. And we do this to help you. Sometimes we don't do those things at home that we need to. Sometimes we need a little encouragement. Well, if you would like to start adding prayer to your, your, your life and, be, and you need a little, some coaching or a little help or some crutches, that's what we're for, trying to do is give you an opportunity to come and pray and be a part of what's going on here. Um, let's see, we have Wednesday night. We don't have any, the, there's no supper today. We have an announcement about miming. <laughs> Good morning. We're looking toward Easter, right? Easter's coming. Absolutely. It's a very big day for the church. A lot of people come that normally do not come. And uh, this will be the first time that Pastor Curtis will be speaking for Easter. And we originally was going to have a drama. And things got all out of sorts. And it was going to take too much time. So we have now went to a mime. I know the, most of you have been with us while we've had our mimes before. So right now what I am doing is I am pleading with you guys to step forward and be part of this mime. We are going to mime the champion. Um, if you've not heard the champion, it's, a very, it's an older song uh, done by uh, Carmen. Carmen. And I, Carmen is unbelievable. His songs are anointed. 
this is an awesome song. And basically, the champion is about a boxing match between the, the devil and Jesus, and God is the referee. All right? So I need some devils, Larry. And... <laughs> Just, just to act like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also need some angels, Charles. Uh, I'm going to be looking for um, some. I really would like to see some men come into this because I need that. Uh, I need little angels and little devils and little referees. And it, we portray a lot during this little boxing match. Chuck has already agreed to build the boxing ring for us. And Miss Donna's going to help me with the, the uh, makeup and the black and white little outfits that we wear. And we'll be meeting tonight at 5 o'clock here at the church. It probably won't go more than an hour. I'm a working person. I have to be at work. So I'm all about getting to business while we're here. We don't fellowship a lot. When I oversee something, it's time to do it and get it done and get home to your family. So step forward. I won't take all of your time. This will not take a lot of time. We're going to learn it and do it for Easter and bring people in to God's kingdom. Thank you. Amen. I'll volunteer for all the speaking parts. I tried. <laughs> I made myself available. <laughs> oh, good morning. Uh, we've started a series on the kingdom here. And uh, I really can't call it a series because what we need to understand is that the message that Jesus brought to this planet was the message of the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Everything that Jesus taught was according to the kingdom of heaven on this earth. We can talk about a lot of things, but it all has to be talked about the kingdom. Last week we started talking about the concept. You know, concepts are very powerful things. Uh, you really don't even have an idea until you have a concept. You know, uh, in, in theological studies and things, there's something called the law of first mention. If you want to understand what God's original intent was for something, you go back to the first time it was mentioned. You know, a uh, man gets there and starts messing up stuff along the way. So you go back to when the Creator, his first purpose for something. Last week we talked about, you know, God's plan, a purpose for uh, marriage was a man and a woman. You go back to the law of first mention and see that, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. All right? So his whole purpose in the very beginning, in, the Scripture said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and what we know about that is that the heavens are the is the realm of the unseen and earth is the realm of the seen and so in the beginning of time god created the heavens and the earth and it says real interestingly it says the earth was without form and void it had no structure it was just the realm of the seen it didn't say heaven was without form and void it said the earth, because the heaven was created with government. God was ruler over his kingdom in heaven. He, he had domain over heaven, and he wanted to colonize or wanted to create a physical realm that he also was king over. 
And so he created man and placed man on the earth and gave him dominion. The domain. God gave Adam and Eve his dominion, his domain. He said, here, you take it, subdue it, take charge and have dominion. Name the animals what you want to name them. It's yours with my authority with it. You are an extension of me on this earth, is what God was saying to Adam and Eve. That's God's original concept and idea and why we're here. God is trying and always has tried to create a kingdom, an inhabitation, a place where His will and His authority, His character, His social way of being would manifest. See, what we need to understand about kingdoms is that you and I really don't understand kingdoms. Because why? We live in America. We have the Bill of Rights. We don't know what it's like to live and operate in a kingdom. You know, the, the British Isles, they're part of England, right? Bahama used to be part of England at one time. You know, in Bahama, they still drive on what we would call the wrong side of the road because that's the way they did it in England. You know, they still have tea. They still drink tea there because that's the way they did it in England. See, see an island or something, an, another area that's away from what they call the motherland. See, it's called colonization. Bahamas or the British Isles or India, wherever England went, they colonized it. They made it part of their own. They sang the songs of the, of the motherland. They sang the, they sang the song of the queen. You know, they did what they did in, you know, they did in the colonies what they did in England. And see, the same principle applies when Jesus said, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's coming, it's near. Change the way you think because there's a kingdom that's coming. And in that kingdom, you need to think differently. See, there was a time when the people in Bahamas didn't think like they think now. You know, there was a time when, 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 when before a place was colonized, they thought differently. They spoke differently. One of the things we're going to see here in the near future, we're going to start talking about the language of the kingdom. We've spoken a little bit about this in the past, but you know every kingdom has a different language. Has it? But that language comes from a mindset. You know the language doesn't create the knowledge; the knowledge creates the language. We're going to talk about the. You know what the Tower of Babel is? You've heard that story. You know everybody had one language, and the Scripture said all the wisdom of man, all the knowledge of the world was in one place. And that knowledge created one language. And so when it says God divided the people and gave them different languages, what He did, He divided the knowledge. You ever notice why some people groups have more understanding of mathematics, science, electronics? We got our rocket science from Germany. If you want some types of things, you, you know, the, the Orientals have a different mindset and they think differently. They have a, they have a, they, they're better at certain things than we are. You know, there's different, different 
people's groups that have a different mindset that grasp different things differently and better and they, they're, they're more masters of those things. Well, look at America. Why is America a place that has produced more inventions than anywhere else in the world? Because we've allowed those mindsets to come into one place and bring the knowledge. It's not the language they're bringing in, it's the way they think. And see, in the kingdom of heaven, there's a way of thinking. There's a way of understanding. That's why it says time and time again, think on these things that are righteous, just, pure, and holy. Be of one mind. All the, it says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change the way you think. Because the thought processes, the way you think, God, I'm just going to put it this way, God wants to colonize your world. God wants to colonize the realm that you live in and you are His ambassador to it. You know, uh, I, I, we mentioned it last week. You know, the religion is man's attempt to duplicate God's kingdom. We're going to read some scriptures this morning uh, that will hopefully show you some things that Jesus battled time and time again. Matter of fact... Um, Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew. If I had all the props and everything that we needed to have here, uh, one of the things I wanted to do, uh, just to help you see what we're trying to communicate, and if anybody can sew, that would be great, because we could use it time and time again. What we need is a giant 20X for large T-shirt. I mean a big one. I mean 10 feet across with big arms this big, sleeves. But what I, what, what I want you to get the picture of is the tag in the back. You know the little tag? See, everything that's created usually has a little tag, an owner's manual, a tag or something. And if I was to describe or, or get a thought pattern going in your head, you know, I, it would say something like this on the... It says, don't try to fix it, return it to the manufacturer. The problem is, in life, see, God is our creator. He is the one that has created us and planned a certain way for us to live, a certain way for us to be. He has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, and the promises of God are yes and amen, and where's all this at? In His kingdom. But a lot of us have been born again, but we've never changed the way we've thought from Americanism. We really don't know what it means to be under a Lord. We really don't know what it means to be. See, we're king of, he's the king of? Kings. We're kings and priests. See, we, see, again, religion creates servants. Relationship or kingdom creates sons. See, it's not about us walking around as servants, bowing before the Almighty God. It's about us walking around as sons, serving our Father. You know, we're serving because we're taken care of. We're serving because we don't have to serve. We're serving out of a, a willing heart, a heart that's open and willing to, to express our love for our Father God through people. Watch this. There is a, uh, there's a person named uh, Maslow, and we've mentioned this before, 
uh, that now we're actually going to give you the nine things. And if you want to write them down, that's fine. If, if, if you need to get them later, that's okay. Uh, uh, Maslow, years ago, came up with nine basic things. After he studied man and things like this, there are nine basic things that you go through in life. Every human being on the planet goes after, in one way or form, these nine basic things before they get satisfied in their life. Water, food, clothes, housing, protection. That's water, food, clothes, housing, and protection. Now, it's going to vary depending on what culture you're part of. Depending on what culture is going to determine the housing that you're after. You know, there's some people uh, in other parts of the country, in the part, uh, part of the globe, their housing is a lot different than ours. But they're still, in some ways, some form, looking for housing. They're looking for water. The others are security, preservation, self-awareness, and significance. Now, all these things are what we are after as human beings. Each and every one of these. Each and every one of these. Every religion on the planet, its main premise is to meet these needs in people. Religion is about meeting the human needs in people's life. They focus on the need. Now you're saying there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that? Well, this is what's wrong with that. We are focused on the need instead of the principle or the concept. See, the scripture says, seek first the, the kingdom. And we're going to read that scripture in a second. You might as well turn there, Matthew 6, 33. And if you start reading at 6.25, you'll start seeing it says, Oh, the birds don't worry about where their food comes from. The birds don't worry about where their water is going to come from. The flowers don't concern themselves with how they dress themselves. See, that whole passage of scripture is talking about the nine basic needs of human beings. And the Bible is saying, don't concern yourself with your basic needs. But religion focuses on the basic needs. There's nothing wrong with helping people in their basic needs. The problem is when we do everything that we do for the basic needs. Jesus said this, Seek first. Seek first the kingdom. Our passions, our, everything in our life should be about Seeking first the kingdom. That should be a priority. Seeking first the kingdom. A priority in life is not water, food, housing, clothing, and security, and so forth and so forth. You know what they call the religion across the board that focuses on... You know what they call any religion that focuses on your human needs in those, those nine basic needs, humanism. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom, and all these things that you need as a human will be added unto you. Our first priority is about going after the kingdom. See, what happens in life, 
I was sharing with a person just recently that when we set our goals, uh, I need two things. Um, say, 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 my, uh, say this is my, have, have you ever reached a goal and never made it? Sure we have, okay? Now, but if we would set our goals beyond, see, if my goal is to seek first the kingdom, and that's where I'm going, and my eyes are fixed on that, all these things along the way will be added. All the things I have need will be added to me as long as I'm fixed on this. The problem is, as long as you're fixed on your needs, you'll never see the kingdom. You'll never see why God did what He did. You'll never live in the freedom, the liberty, the life, and life more abundant. See, as long as you're looking at your just getting the water that I need, the food that I need, the clothes, my security, my self-awareness, my significance. See, if you're reaching toward, see, if you realize that you're a son of the most, that, that you're born again, you're a new creature in Christ, old things have passed away, all things have become new. The more you begin to see that and feel that, your significance is taken care of. You're not trying to get your significance by people's approval. It's not going to matter what kind of toothpaste you use. It's not going to matter what kind of car you drive. Because your significance isn't from earthly means. It is from the king. See, a person, see, we say, see, the language of the... I, I said this earlier, but just because I can say, como esta? Just because I can say, mucho dinero? These are Spanish words. They're Spanish phrases that communicate things. But just because I say them doesn't mean I'm Spanish. And we have a lot of people in the body of Christ who can quote, quote Scripture, but they don't have the mindset of the kingdom. You know, we've been born again, we've stepped in the door, and we've gotten our need met. We're not going to hell. Oh! Jesus came for so much more than just keeping you from going to hell. He came to get you established, for you to subdue, to walk in the authority in which He bought back for you. I want to encourage you, this is a little commercial, a little comma. Don't want to miss Palm Sunday and Easter. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Listen to me. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. Palm Sunday and Easter, you'll hear... The word come alive like you've never heard it before. How do I know this? Because we've done this all over. And it has yet, let me tell you, the most incredible information coming out of the word of God. that It's, it's going to light your fire. Even if you just have a couple twigs or whatever, it's, you're going to get excited about what Jesus did for you. It is that awesome. When you hear this message, it will change your life. It will take an act of pure selfishness to counter what God's going to do Palm Sunday and Easter. It's incredible. Guarantee it. Is everybody at Matthew 6, 33? I need to get there. Matthew chapter 6. 
It says, uh, I like what it says here. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry. How many of us worry? Yep, uh-huh. Bible's saying here in red letters. But what I like, it starts right, it says, therefore. You can't start reading a passage of Scripture with the word therefore. You have to understand the verse before that because that's what it's talking about. Look at verse 24. It says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Therefore, <laughs> he'll love the other. Let's go ahead. Or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. See, that's where the nine things come from. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on it is, uh, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Just like we talked about, I think it talks about the birds of the air and so forth. And so forth. They don't worry. They're not concerned because they're doing what they were created to do under the authority of God. And when you're walking within the kingdom of heaven, see, you can't serve humanism. You can't live in the realm of humanism and kingdom. You can't serve two masters. See, the therefore, you got to read the verse before it. And it says you can't serve two masters. You read the ones before that, it, it even says that, that you're either the son of the king or you're either the son of the devil. It's sonship. It's not servanthood. It's about identity. See, when you say sonship, it's where you get your identity. Whose child... I, I used to be a youth pastor... We had a message called, Whose Child Are You? Who's Your Daddy? We need to understand who is our Father. Our, fa our spirits cry out, Abba, Father. It is God and He is the God of a kingdom that He wants us to live in and rule in and subdue and take charge. See, back in the garden, back over here at the garden, God planned for us to subdue and take charge and have authority. And then we gave that authority to to the serpent. And from that point on, religion began to grow and build. See, the very life that we were supposed to live in is an example. The life that we're supposed to live in now is an example within Adam and Eve before they fell. Walking in the cool of the evening with everything provided for them, already being at peace with God, not knowing the difference between right and wrong. They didn't know the difference between right and wrong until the ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil they weren't even supposed to have the capacity to make those kind of decisions God didn't want us to have it all religion is about is what is right and wrong in my personal life I've chosen not to ask the question what's right and wrong anymore I've chosen to ask the question what is righteous because what is righteous is the way the kingdom of heaven operates Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness. What's righteous within the kingdom of heaven? That's what I'm pursuing. That's the life we live. It's not right or wrong. Well, this is right or this is wrong. Look at all the debates happening with right or wrong. How many debates do you hear about righteousness? 
It's settled. It's settled. Religion was birthed out of human need. What did man do as soon as he realized he was naked in the garden? Covering, clothing. He realized he had a need that he didn't have before because he was in the kingdom. So he began to develop need. And things began to happen. He developed religion. Again, religion is man's attempt. It's a counterfeit of God's attempt for kingdom. Everything that kingdom was supposed to bring you, religion has been developed to take its place. It's a counterfeit of God's original. What was Jesus' main... Who was Jesus' biggest enemy as he walked the earth? The Pharisees, the law, the established religion that had a form of godliness and no power thereof that was simply there to take care of people's needs. They spoke out of the Scripture and Jesus spoke out of the Scripture. Jesus brought life. They brought bondage. Codependent Christianity. Look what Jesus says to some of the, the Pharisees in their religion. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter thir- uh, 23. Matthew 23. We were sharing this on, on Wednesday night. And we're going to share it again and talk about it a little bit. Now it's, it's in red so Jesus is saying this. Matthew 23, verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom. What are we talking about? We're talking about religious people stopping the kingdom. We're not talking about church. We're talking about religious people stopping the kingdom. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in, into what? The kingdom, because they like their religion. They like what they have established. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering in to go in. So they'll even stop someone from going in if they find out they're trying to get there. They'll put them back under the law. They'll put put them back under guilt and condemnation. Tell them that they got to do this and they got... Verse 14, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte, and when he is one, you make him twice as much the son of hell as yourselves. That's in red letters. Jesus told the religious people that they were making converts and when they converted them, they were making them twice removed from the kingdom of heaven and made them into the sons of hell as themselves. Does your Bible say that? 
In other words, there were two kingdoms. There was a kingdom called religion that man had developed that wanted... See, the kingdom of religion that man has developed only survives if man is in need of it. You need to think about that for a second. If you're only after the basic nine things in life, religion will do you good. But you'll never be satisfied. See, you can only serve one or the other. You're not going to serve, you're not going to live in the kingdom of humanism and try to walk in the kingdom of heaven at the same time. Jesus said that there was a kingdom. There was a king. There was a way of living that brought life and life more abundantly. Jesus' battle. There's other scriptures, and we were going to read them, but we don't have the kind of time to... But look at, go through there and just look up the word kingdom. Jesus said this in the book of Matthew. He said, harlots and tax collectors will enter the kingdom of heaven before the Pharisees and the religious. It's a mindset. And I believe that, that the church, in its meaning well, not, 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 I'm just in church in general. And it's meaning well has done nothing but promote religion instead of relationship. Relationship is not about you getting your needs met. Relationship is about you walking with your Father God because your needs have been met. Everything that pertains to life and godliness has already been given to you. See, a son serves because he's already taken care of. Now, we need to reach out. Don't get me wrong. We need to reach. We're talking about you and your individual life and the way you live. And what, If you're going after one of those, if you're still living on, uh, for those nine basic things in life, you're trapped in a system that Jesus didn't come to put you in. He came to set you free from it. He came to set you free from humanism, from just getting your human needs met. It's a, the Word says this, that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. There is a life to live, church, that is far beyond any religion that this world, see, it goes back to the precepts of God. What God intended, He is still after. Jesus taught His disciples how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy thy will be done. See, within God's kingdom, His will is done. So if you're after the nine basic things, is His will being done? Within his kingdom, his will's done. Within his kingdom. Within his kingdom. You may want to write these down. These are just some, some things. I'll just read them to you. 
these are some thoughts that, that I hope you remember, some nuggets that may help you change the way we think in life. When the kingdom becomes your priority, its impact becomes your reality. If the kingdom is not a priority, the kingdom's impact will never be part of your reality. You understand what I'm saying? That's why Jesus said, it's another way of saying, seek first. Your first foremost. Has anybody heard the story of the pearl of great price? The treasure in the field that the guy found and sold everything he had and went out and bought the field so he could partake of the treasure. The pearl. A person found a pearl that was so great he sold everything he had just to obtain the pearl. Jesus said himself that this is how valuable the principles of the kingdom of heaven is for you. It must be our first priority. Are you willing? Are you able? Is, is there such a hunger in you that you're willing to go to that extreme just to partake of the kingdom? Don't answer that. Your answer may frighten you. See, you can do a lot of things in your own ability. You can live a life outside of the presence and power of God and still be happy on earth, but not in spirit. You're limiting yourself to your ability. Jesus said they were willing to sell everything to obtain, the Bible says, the kingdom of heaven. That's how valuable the kingdom of heaven is. That's the kind of hunger, that's the kind of thirst. Again, I'm going to read again. When the kingdom becomes your priority, its impact will become your reality. Flip it around. If the kingdom never becomes a priority, the impact, the power, the provision, everything within the kingdom will never impact you. You will never live in that reality until it becomes a priority. Number one secret for living effectively on earth is to understand the principle and power of priority. You talk to anybody that's successful, anybody, they understand priority. Priority, priority. What's priority? If you have your priorities in line, or if you have a priority, it's going to help you determine your decisions you make. Matter of fact, your life is a sum total of the decisions you've made over the past. Correct? Your, benefit, your, your, your living in your last decisions. Those decisions were made by the priorities you had at that time. They have been, might have been messed up. There's some people in jail that had different priorities than what you and I do. They had a priority. It's called get back. They were going to get back at somebody for doing what they did. And they're in jail. They had a priority. Wrong priority, but that's the power of priorities because your priority determined your decision. See, it's not about the decisions you make. It's about the priorities in your life. The priorities will determine your decision. 
The decisions you make will bring you the outcome. It's called reality. You want something you never had? You're going to do something you never done. If you keep trying to do the same old thing, guess what? You're going to get the same old thing. Young people, what priorities do you have? What's your priority? It's going to determine your future. Be careful. Be careful your priorities. The kingdom of heaven, seek first. Our first priority needs to be the kingdom of heaven. Everything in life should focus around your priority of the kingdom of heaven. The greatest tragedy in life is not dying. This is a good one here. Y'all ready for this? The greatest tragedy in life is not dying. It's living without purpose. It's a person living a life with no purpose, no focus, no priority, no reason. That's a tragedy. Life's greatest mistake. These are three things. One was greatest tragedy. Life's greatest mistake is being busy but not effective. You want to be successful in life? Start being effective in what you're doing instead of just busy. Busy is just a waste of time. I like this one. Life's greatest failure is being successful. Life's greatest failure is being successful in the wrong assignment. Being a success in something you were never called to do. Life's greatest failure. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. Those give you something to think about, doesn't it? What's your purpose? What's your priority? This is that story of the pearl of great price. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one, of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. It goes on and on. All the book of Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is like unto this. The king, Jesus doesn't stop talking about the kingdom of heaven. Why? 
He didn't come preaching religion. He came preaching about a kingdom for us to live in. It's all about the kingdom. Oh, and here, here's what we talked about just a second ago. Verse 36, And Jesus set the multitude away and went into the house, and his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares in the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons. Everybody say sons. Sons, not servants. <laughs> it's a different mentality. See, the church will make you into servants. Jesus will make you into sons. <sighs> the field is the world and the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. You know, well, we won't go there. But the tares are the sons of the wicked one. Mm. It's about relationship, church. It's about having the mindset that Jesus came to bring us in. Again, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He says again, the kingdom, is, the kingdom is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. He tells us to seek first the kingdom. Everything is about the kingdom. He even told his disciples, listen, disciples, there's things I want to tell you pertaining to the kingdom, but you can't understand it. Now, wait a minute. Here's a group of people. Matter of fact, next week we're probably going to read some scripture dealing with the parable of the soils. Where in the book of Mark it says, unless you understand this, you won't understand any of the others. That this one parable is the key to all of them. And the reason Jesus taught in parables is because the disciples had the ability to understand the things pertaining to the kingdom. Then he turns around and says, listen, there's things that I want you to understand about the kingdom that you can't understand yet. Well, why would he tell them that there was that they could understand things pertaining to the kingdom and turn around and said, hey, there's some stuff you can't understand until I send you the great teacher, the Holy Spirit, to empower you to understand. Because there's a life beyond just getting in the gate. It's not about just getting in the gate. It's living a life within the kingdom. It's not about just going to heaven. It's about living in heaven on earth. You don't have to wait to go there to be at peace. You're going to be at peace here. You don't have to wait to go. You know, you know these marks on my head? I'm going to date myself and some of you are going to be dated with me. You ever watch the old V8 commercial? Oh, I could have had a V8. You ever see that one? That dated a while back ago, didn't it? Well, is that the, right? that, that's wear marks. I'm really not losing my hair it's just from when i hit my it's oh it's friction from my hand see it fits perfect it's oh but, but see the heaven's gonna be full of people that go oh i could have been at peace on earth oh i could have lived in goodwill toward all men oh i could have been healed oh there was a kingdom that we could have lived in here on earth that jesus came to bring us and all we have to do is change the way we think, church. 
Get in line with what the Holy Spirit's doing in His kingdom. Seek first. Let it be your first priority. I tell you what, again, you need to, if you didn't write those down, I have them. I'll give them to you later if you want them. What's your priority? What's your priority? That's the question this morning. What is your priority in life? Is your priority seeking one of those nine things? It's a trap. You'll never be satisfied. Is your priority developing your kingdom instead of living in His? Doesn't mean you can't have things. Matter of fact, I believe you'll have more if you focus on His purpose and will for your life instead of yours. He's never been wrong. We always are. What's your priority? Your priority right now in your life is going to determine the decisions you make today. It's simple. It's simple. Every decision you make is based on your priority. What is priority? See, I could talk, if I talked another five hours, some of you, well, everybody, <laughs> you'd let that priority for food make you, make you make decisions about going to get some. Right? Because you have a priority for food. More than what I got to say. <laughs> Listen. There was a group of people that followed Jesus around. They listened to him for three days and didn't eat because they had a priority of hearing the message of the kingdom. And God provided. What's your priority? Let's all stand up. I'm not setting the stage so I can preach for three hours. Don't worry. But we do have a tremendous annex over there with a lot of food in it we could survive for a while <laughs> Father you are holy you are worthy I thank you for this opportunity to do what Jesus did Jesus brought the message of the kingdom Thank you, Father, that you've allowed me to bring the message of the kingdom this morning. Thank you, Father, for this building, that it's not about this building, but this building is about the kingdom. Our priority is not this building. Our priority is the kingdom. See, church, if you individually go after an awareness of the kingdom in your life, you will bless more people along the way than you ever thought about blessing. But if you just focus on blessing people, you're going to be limited to who you can bless. See, our focus, our priority, 
is about us seeking the kingdom. And along the way, God will use us to bless more people than you've ever even met before. You'll reach out and minister to more people by you pursuing the things of the kingdom. Because your priorities in life. I want to challenge you. If you don't know what your purpose in life is, there's a reason. The reason you don't know why you were birthed on this planet because you've never looked within the kingdom of heaven. Your priorities have all been about you instead of you just saying, God, here I am. I want to walk as a child of God. I want to walk as a son, noble, holy, righteous. I guarantee you, you start walking noble, holy, and righteous because of who you are, you're going to see opportunities come your way that you never thought were there before. You're going to see yourself, see Gideon, God called Gideon a mighty man of valor. He didn't see himself that way because he wasn't thinking of kingdom. God sees you as mighty people of valor. God sees you full of power and authority with every, everything, everything in life taken care of. Everything. Everything. The Bible says when you've grown weary and discouraged in your soul, it's because you've forgotten whose son you are. <laughs> we are children of God. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory. Before you can live in the kingdom, you have to enter. If you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior this morning, I want to give you that invitation. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit move on you. I'd like for you just to raise your hand because I want to pray with you. Won't embarrass you. I'm taking it by this response that every one of us here has stepped through the gate to the kingdom. Now the challenge is for you to change the way you think. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Look at all the things the scriptures have come to pass. The renewing of the mind. Repenting is an act of changing the way you think. Living within the kingdom. The promises of God are yes and amen. Holy Spirit, I pray for these this morning. Father, I pray that the heart was sensitive and soft. And your word has been implanted. And the process of the salvation of the soul is underway. I call forth fruit from this word. And I thank you for the kingdom of heaven. If you need prayer of any kind this morning, I want to pray for you. Last night, I don't know what took place. Maybe I, I'm going to share, everybody look at me for a second. 
I'm going to share this. I don't know what took place at 11 o'clock last night. But it started back at the hospital room, sitting outside room 215. I was waiting to go in to see Mandy. And I've never, I've, I've gotten words before and seen visions, and, but I've never gotten numbers. I mean, I got slapped upside the head. I'm sitting in that little chair right outside the little desk there. The door was shut, and I, I thought someone was in there, doctor, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm waiting my turn. And I heard, I heard 3610. 3610. I mean, I saw it, heard it. It was like, wow, 36. I almost went and played the lottery. You know, I was like, maybe these are magical numbers. 3610, that's it. Bet the house. No, just kidding. Just kidding. 3610, it plagued me. And then you know how we do with words and stuff. We just kind of, you know, I didn't, I told Joy, I told several other people down in, uh, I called my dream guy that I run my dreams through and he helps me with, but 3610, it was just 3610. 11 o'clock last night while I was preparing for this, I'm sitting there, wasn't even thinking about 3610. What was the date yesterday? One hour left to 36.10. I got on my face. I don't know what God's doing. But something came to an end at 36.10. And it was clear as a bell. Oh, it's a date, Curtis. Duh! I mean, how long ago was that she was in the you know, if I would have known ahead of time, I could have. I guess he didn't want me to. But 11 o'clock, one hour left, and 36.10. He showed me what 36.10 was. It was the end. And then the beginning. If you know what 36.10, if that means anything to you, please let me know. It's about kingdom, church. I ended up staying until 3 o'clock in the morning. Asking the Holy Spirit, what did He want to do here this morning? I'm always asking what He wants to minister, how He wants to minister. I'm seeing signs and wonders. I'm seeing miracles. Jesus, the scripture said Jesus preached the message of the kingdom and went about healing all diseases. The power and the authority of the message of the kingdom is going to change the health of this area. If you need prayer this morning for healing, I'm bold enough to say step out. I want to pray. I'm believing the gospel of the kingdom of heaven.
Or you can just play religion. You can have a purpose or priority just to, well, my priority is to go to church, do my thing, and go on. Or you can have a purpose, a priority of the life of God, the authority, the domain, the dominion of a living God. Let's focus our priority. No guilt and condemnation. You pick the priority you want. I kept seeing those bands last night. What would Jesus do? Preach the message of the kingdom. See, we get all of our attention on the doing. But he went preaching. His priority was the kingdom. And that produced the doing. Most of us are just worried about the doing. And we don't promote the kingdom. Humanism. religion Jesus hated it I challenge you this morning to go home and think about what's been your priority please because you will live with the priority you set.